New Vision is a church that is about guiding people to lives of gospel transformation. Whether this is your first time listening with us or you're a regular listener, we're so happy that you're here. Monday through Friday, we release a podcast studying through a book of the Bible. Right now, we've focused our attention to the Gospel of John. Again, we're happy that you're here. We know God's going to do something great. And today we have our campus pastor of Buchanan, Ben Curtis. Today we are reading from John 4, verses 27 through 54 in the New International Version. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for, Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. After the two days, he left for Galilee. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more he visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. So I'm going to pause right there and actually save the last few verses for the end, if that's okay. But if we zoom out and as we look at the Gospel of John as a whole, you know, really what John is wanting us to see is that Jesus was the greatest soul winner and the greatest missionary that has ever walked on this earth. Back in John chapter 3, we saw him engaging a religious man in Jerusalem. Then in John chapter 4, we saw him having this conversation with an immoral woman in Samaria. And today, we see him witnessing to a Gentile man who was basically, you know, living the dream until his life just completely fell apart. And each of these individuals were as different as night from day, yet Jesus loves them and he uses language to help each of them to see their need for a savior. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That was his mission. 
And if you're a believer, he wants you to join him in that mission. You know, that leads us to, to our first principle today. The closer you grow to Jesus, the more his mission will become your mission. You know, as soon as this Samaritan woman encounters Jesus, she runs into the village and she says, come see a man who's told me basically everything about myself. He knows it all and he loves me anyways. When God saves a person, no matter who that person is, no matter how good or how sinful their life has been, God can use them. God wants to use them to bring other people to Jesus. And you know, in these days when, when people are right now just unsettled and, and maybe a little more open to spiritual conversations, I think an important truth to remember is never underestimate the power of your testimony. That's the second principle I want us to see. You know, as you visit with friends and, and family on social media or platforms like Zoom or, or House Party, maybe this is an opportunity. Look for, for ways that you can share about the hope that you have in Jesus. And when you are forced to go to the store, maybe to restock on some things, be more intentional. Consider telling the cashier, I pray that Jesus blesses you today. So here's this group of people in this obscure village in Samaria, and they thought that they believed the truth until this woman who had just met Jesus shared her testimony and brought them to Jesus. What an unbelievable moment that must have been for the disciples to look up as Jesus was speaking these words and to see all of these people coming toward them from Samaria. In fact, look at verse 35. He says, do you not say there are yet four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for harvest. You know, normally when we share our faith, there's a period of sowing spiritual seeds followed by a period of watering them. And maybe even God uses different people to water the seeds that we've sown. And then eventually uh, we see a person come to faith in Christ in the harvest. But you know, the thing is, God can use circumstances and God can work and, and he can speed things up. Because here in this passage, you have this woman who's been a believer for just a few minutes or maybe at the most a few hours, but God is already using her in the harvest. And, and this is what it means for us to join in the mission of Jesus, to treat every conversation as if God might use us in the harvest. And that leads to the last point. You know, we're going to shift over to this different story, the scenes change. And, and what I want us to see in this last story is that sometimes it's in the most desperate situations that God brings about a mighty work of salvation. Wouldn't you agree that these are desperate times? Well, let's, let's listen to this story again. In verse 46, the scene shifts over to this son. Uh, there's, a, there's a royal official, and, and he has a son who is very sick. Verse 47 says, in fact, that he is near the point of death. And you know, most people think about, we don't like thinking about this, but we anticipate that one day uh, we may have to bury a spouse, as horrible as that is, but nobody ever really anticipates having to bury their, their baby boy or their baby girl. And this story is a reminder that some of the most terrible events that we could ever imagine, God sometimes uses those terrible things as the means to bring us to eternal life. And here's the reality for most of us. I think this is true in my life and, and maybe it's true in yours. If, if life just continued on as it always has, chances are we would never contemplate Christ. We would never see our need for Jesus. But when your life crumbles all around you like it did for this man, it, it just shakes you to the bone and you realize there's something more that I need. Now, Jesus is going to heal this boy from a distance. 
it's interesting. He never even sees the boy. He never touches the boy. He never speaks to the boy. He never says any words of healing. He just says to the man, your son lives. He thinks the thought and the boy is healed from a distance. John refers to all of these miracles of Jesus in the Gospel of John as signs. And, and in verse 54, we're told that this is now the second sign that Jesus performed in John's Gospel. Now, a sign is something that points beyond itself. So in this case, there's a bigger truth, there's a bigger reality that Jesus wants us to see. It's not just the miracle, but he's pointing us away from death to ultimately faith in Jesus. This little boy is physically sick, but here's the bigger reality. His whole family is spiritually sick and separated from God. This little boy is about to physically die, but all of them are facing a certain spiritual death. And Jesus is going to perform an act of power, a miracle, a sign, and as a result, all of them are going to believe. So that's the point of the, the bigger picture in the Gospel of John, is to show us that Jesus wants us to go to all kinds of people, that, that as we look around our world, all people are sick and on the verge of death. They're dying. The clock is ticking down, and every second that passes, they're closer to, to eternity. Uh, I know as we watch the number of cases of people who are infected by COVID-19, or as we watch the death toll rise, there's, a, there's an alarm, a certain alarm, a well-founded alarm that goes off in our mind. We need to also realize that every second that passes, people are closer to eternity. Every person we encounter is dying. And if they don't know Jesus, some of them will die the second death, which the Bible teaches is eternal judgment. We need to share with them about the great physician so that they might believe. In fact, John chapter 20, verse 38 tells us that John's purpose in writing this entire book is so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Now, there's nothing more desperate than a father who feels like his son's life is hanging in the balance. And there's only one hope, there's only one possibility, one miracle that can save his life. So he's begging and he's pleading, come down before my son dies. So I want to finish reading our story in verse 48. Let's pick up there. Jesus says, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, replied Jesus, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. You know, have you ever considered the possibility that the trials of this life could be God's mercy in disguise? Maybe the heartache that you've experienced is going to be used by God in a way to bring you to Jesus. You see, people meet Jesus in all different ways. And some of you need to meet him today. I don't know what tragedy is in your life right now, but I would encourage you to let God use it. Let Him speak to you. Let God help you to not only make it through it, but ultimately to find eternal life. Father, thank You for how Your Word reveals and, and teaches us about Jesus. We see clearly that the burden of Your heart is the burden of His heart. 
And Father, some of our friends listening to this may not know Jesus. I pray that you would pursue them with your love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We pray that unbelievers would come to know Jesus today, right now even. And Father, for the rest of us who need to be more intentional in sharing what you've done in our lives, I pray that you would just do a work of grace in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Join us tomorrow as we continue through the Gospel of John. See you guys then.